Alex Magleby here, CEO and co-founder of the New England Free Jacks, and you're watching the Jacks Rangers show. Huzzah, friends! Let's ride! Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers show, broadcasting from beautiful Manchester, New Hampshire, here at the Granite Outpost. Welcome to episode 52. We're calling this one the Draft Part 2. This is all of the post-draft coverage that you'll ever need following the New England Free Jacks. Rangers, we always keep you up to date with the latest Free Jacks news here at the Jacks Rangers show. Of course, this episode is presented by our friends at Stormalong American Hard Side. Storm Along Cider, a Massachusetts-based craft hard cider company producing a wide range of ciders focused on apple quality and character. Respect the apple is their motto, and their ciders are always made with 100% high-quality, fresh-pressed, locally-sourced apples from orchards across New England. Find Storm Along Hard Cider in stores, bars, and restaurants across New England. Check out the locator on their website, stormalong.com, to find locations near you. And by the way, you can use promo code T-J-R-S for 10% off your first online order at their website, stormalong.com. Get their cider delivered right to your door or check out their locator to find locations where you can find Stormalong near you. The format for this particular episode is we've got the 17th overall pick made by the Free Jacks in this year's draft that just took place. Tomas Casetas from Argentina originally by way of Thomas More University. Really enjoyed talking to Tomas. We talked a little bit of soccer as well. You know, great character as a second round pick from Argentina. He is USA qualified, by the way. We say that a couple times in this episode. And then, of course, we had Ivan Pula from Central Washington University. He was the 37th overall pick in the third round by our Free Jacks. A prop with a high ceiling. I really enjoyed talking to him. What a fine young man he is as well. Great character guys coming into this program as development players. And finally, for a record-setting seventh appearance, we had the performance director of the Free Jacks. You guys know him. TK, Tom Kindly, joining us all the way from California at 7 o'clock in the morning. His time, 10 o'clock in the morning, our time. TK giving us access, unlike anybody else would, giving us the rundown of what took place before, prior, and after the draft, and also talked to us about the most recent trades that have been made by the Free Jacks, talked about player retention, and we've got some upcoming announcements towards the end of the month about new signings as well. He gave us all of that information and more in this episode, so that'll be the, the format schedule. So saddle up, let's ride into episode 52, the draft part two, presented by Storm Along American Hard Cider. Kick that MFN mule, baby. Woo! Huzzah! Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers show. I am joined with Tomas Cassettis. He is the second round pick for the Free Jacks. Also, we got Dave McVeigh, my buddy, here as well. Boys, how the hell are you? I'm doing very well. Yeah. Good. Sorry to do the same. We're very happy to have you on here, Tomas. Um, Let's talk about where you're from. I see some flags in the background there that's going (laughs) to give it away, but tell us specifically where you're from, my friend. Uh, I was born in Argentina, Buenos Aires. One of the biggest cities, so the capital. Mm-hmm. So, 
pretty nice, lots of people, pretty similar to any big city. Uh, so when you were drafted by the Free Jacks, I was uh, on a live uh, stream similar to this with um, another group called the Rugby Rant. And I kind of made an ass of myself because I didn't realize that you're also USA eligible. Talk about that for a moment. So yeah, uh, it's impressive how I didn't even realize before the draft, the draft uh, bring it up. Okay. Uh, my father was born in Delaware. Oh wow. Was, yeah. Uh, Very cool. Yeah, it's funny because my grandfather started here. He did his MBA at Delaware. Uh -huh. So that's all the story. And now me coming here to study again. It's kind <laughs> that's of like, cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, Argentina, a very proud rugby nation. When did you first start playing rugby? Uh, so in Argentina, if you, it's normal to start when you are like three years old, four years old. Like, mm -hmm. oh, I, I don't even remember not playing rugby. Uh, so obviously football, soccer is the, is the big sport there as well. Is it kind of like uh, rugby's uh, a distant second? Are there other sports as well that are competing with uh, football, uh, soccer the, as know. the most important? I, I mean, soccer has no comparison. Uh, Argentina <laughs> right. is the top sport. Yeah. Uh, then you have, it depends on which part of the country, you have different like interests. I know up north you have a lot of uh, basketball going on. Mm -hmm. We don't have much down like Buenos Aires. Okay. Uh, I would say rugby is pretty strong. Uh, it's getting stronger every day. The Jaguars at Super Rugby boosted yes. up a little bit, yeah. Um, oddly enough, about 20 years ago, when I first discovered rugby, I was still in high school, and I bought a very slick-looking uh, Argentina kit. And I used to wear it around because I had the visa on the front. It yeah. had stripes, but it was like um, obviously the the light blue and white, but it was also had black on it. Man, it, that thing was fire, dude! I, I wore it like every week to high school. People were like, "What the hell is that?" Yeah. Argentina, it's the Pumas. Um, did you have a college rugby nickname uh, there at Thomas Moore? Uh, no, they call me Thompson. And okay. that's a nickname that I had from before. Uh, I know here it's a last name, but in Argentina it means nothing. And yes. they just started calling, calling me that way. All right. Um, what was your college rugby recruitment line? I see that you're wearing the, uh, the polo there of Thomas yeah. Moore University. How did, how did you end up there? Oh, this is a really hard uh, lockdown. So okay. I was looking for, and I got this agency that is called CAMSA. Uh, they just get uh, Argentinian people between the age of 21 and 18. They do a camp, they do like a game there, and they just uh, contact you with different coaches with uh, from the universities. Mm -hmm. So John Fox, the coach of Thomas Moore straight like came to me and told me I want you. I really like his attitude, what he was planning, his uh, making the legacy, you know. So I said like, yeah, that's where I want to go. And I that's started awesome. number eight since then. Very cool. Very cool. I was telling you off air that uh, there's a Thomas Moore College in New Hampshire. And I was like, there's no way they have a rugby program because I wasn't familiar with Thomas Moore University. I just thought it was the same thing, but it's very different, obviously. Um, you know, your hair, I just wanted to bring this up because I saw a picture of you. Your hair in the college shield game was bright orange, I think it was. What Was that just for fun or were you trying to get more eyes on you uh, with the hair color? Yes, uh, well, every time I got selected for any team or uh, any like selected team, yeah, different team, I wanted to like do like a 
yeah, a, a change affair, you know, like a brand new thing. Yeah. Also, it gets your eyes on you, but that's not always a good thing, you know. It depends on how you you play. So, <laughs> right. luckily, I think it was good. I don't know. Yeah, it seemed to work out. I mean, you, you've been selected in the second round by the Free Jacks, a very good team in MLR, if I do say so myself. Uh, what three words would you de describe how you play rugby? Do you have three words that come to mind when you think of how you play rugby? Uh, I would say tough. I like to be try to be the toughest guy in the field. Uh, mm -hmm. I like to put that as a goal before the games. Uh, creative. Okay. I always, I, every game I try new things. If I don't try new things, I didn't play well. Uh, that's, that's how I, I consider that. it. And then I would say I'm a good teammate. Like I like to, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that sounds really good. Um, really excited to get you out here. Of course, let's talk, let's go back a little bit, just a couple days ago. Um, prior to the draft, what teams were interested in you? Did the Free Jacks interview you prior to the draft? Did they talk to your coaches? How did that all go down? So the Free Jacks was actually the last team that was interested in me. Hmm. So yeah. that was impressive. That was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. They were the guys that were more interested. I, I felt it straight away. Like their mm. questions were straight to the bone. Like they wanted me to be part of the team, so I was pretty excited after getting getting a call from them. Yeah, I think I saw a video from your athletics department there at Thomas More. But describe your draft night. What was that like, and what was going through your mind when you were selected by the Free Jacks? Uh, I I can't describe it. It's a, this is a goal that I put in like I don't know through all my life. Right. I was starting to think it wasn't possible, uh, so this was like a really emotional thing for me. Also, I have a, my friend Matthias Karamudi, he was selected for Dallas Jackals. Mm -hmm. We were exactly the same spot, you know, we're the same age, we are, that's a goal that we set it up for all our life, mm -hmm. and being selected together, like together not at the same time, the same night, it was really emotional, yeah. Yeah, it's always nice to hear these stories um, with the draft uh, guys that get selected by the Free Jacks or just in general because, you know, Dave and I are of a certain age that we only dreamed about the possibility of having a draft, a professional league in the United States where mm -hmm. we could be drafted. You know, I, for sure I was never going to be drafted, even if there was a professional league, besides <laughs> for life over here. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool uh, to think about. Um, so happy for you to be a part of the Free Jacks. But, Let's talk about real quick um, the performance director, the Free Jacks, and the head coach Scott Matthew. Have they gotten in touch with you after the draft? And what have those talks been like? If you've spoken with them? Yeah, uh, it's my first professional experience, so I would say they 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 were pretty professional. I, I, actually, it impressed me. I, I didn't even thought it was going to be that good. You know, they they contacted me like five times since I got drafted. That's crazy. Nice. Because it was like three days ago. Okay. Uh, they. They took me all of the stress about it. I had straight after feeling that, knowing that I was drafted, you know, it's all mm -hmm. joy. And then you all of a sudden get really stressed, a lot of questions. Yeah. They were really good. They emailed me. They already uh, sent me the gear. So it was it was pretty good. It was amazing, actually. That's awesome. Uh, what parts of your game on the pitch do you feel like you are really good at? And then what parts do you need to develop a little bit more? So I, I think my best strength is also my weakness, and it's uh, offloads. I okay. I think I have really good offloads, and I think I also overuse it. <laughs> so <laughs> Sometimes I would say you just got to go to ground, right? You got to put yeah. that ball down. Yeah. Yeah. 
well, I mean, listen, we like to see exciting rugby, especially I do. I mean, I'm a sevens fan. Not a lot of people are. I like to see that free flowing, offloading rugby. Um, if you don't have to ruck, then, you know, that's fine by me. But I mean, obviously some people don't really like that type of rugby. Yeah. Uh, my final question for you, at least for right now, before we let Dave take over, it's kind of already been answered. Uh, I'm a soccer fan. Now a lot of people are hissing right now that are watching this because soccer and rugby sometimes don't mix, but I'm a soccer fan. Um, I was going to ask you River Plate or Boca Juniors, but I can see the River Plate flag in the background there. Just talk about your fandom and how important that is in Argentina, the rivalry there. So that rivalry is probably the the toughest one I've ever seen in any sport history. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an even because River Plate is actually the best team. Uh, they just <laughs> had a they just had a final. A few years ago, and the best, the most important tournament, and River Plate won it. So I think that ends up the discussion. But it's wild. It's wild. What you feel when you're inside of one of one of those fields, those mm-hmm. stadiums, one of those games is is too much. Your your body is vibrating. It's crazy. I gotta tell you, now you're a part of a rivalry as well. It's probably not fair to compare the two, but uh, New England and New York do not like each other. So yeah, <laughs> you're going to have fun with that uh, when we head down to New Jersey uh, and play them. But I'm going to let Dave take over. Dave's wearing a fantastic looking shirt, Charles River shirt tonight. Uh, Dave, go ahead. Thanks. Uh, Tomas, congratulations. i uh, really thrilled uh, to see you drafted um, and really looking forward to seeing you get to work uh, in New England. Uh, you have a really impressive rugby resume. You played for the U19s in Auckland and New Zealand. You played in the Jaguars system in Argentina. Um, and, of course, Thomas Moore most recently uh, in Kentucky. Uh, one of these things is not like the others. Um, so what – it means you've experienced rugby in a lot of very different places, New Zealand, Argentina, you know, the U.S. college mm-hmm. system. Um, what are some of the differences in how the game – feels as a player on the pitch when you're playing in New Zealand, Argentina, and in the U.S.? Well, I would say uh, uh, Argentina specifically is really like, uh, I would say, military rugby is really strict. There's no much place for creativity, especially if you're playing as a forward. Mm-hmm. I find it that tough because, as I told you, like the only way I can uh, enjoy rugby is if I feel creative. Um uh, I would say when I went to New Zealand, I, I thought because they are the best, they train even harder, and they do, but in a different way. They they are all enjoying training, they're having fun, but they're still focused. So that was something really new for me and really hard to get into it, you know, especially because I didn't speak any English at all. When I, I went there, wow. I didn't study English. Wow. Uh, so it was it was a big change for me, you know, like I, I was saying to people not to talk in, during training and they were like, why not? I was like, I didn't have any answer. So was, <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. Uh, and I think there, there's when I, I I actually fall in love with rugby. I already like it. I already was passionate about it. But then I found out what rugby really is. Like they, they are geniuses about it. Then I came here to America and they have something of both. But what I like more or most about here is creativity is welcome every every time. Yeah. You know, uh, people want to try new things. They they have new rules. They have different rules. They have uh, different times. Uh, the turf, for example, is a big change game changer for me. I, I I couldn't I could put more my speed in the game. So it was it was pretty good. Also, I, I changed positions, so 
it was quite an experience. Excellent. I love that answer uh, to see all the different dynamics and different places and, and mm. how that is. Um, you said you changed positions, so you haven't always been an eight man, uh, but you, you, uh, so I want to hear more about where you've played before you made that move. Um, but in the announcement of your drafting from the Free Jacks, they really praised your aerial skills up in the air, combating for the mm. ball. Um, so is that a new skill with the position change, or have, had you been like a lock who was line out jumping before that, or what? Yeah, I was always uh, a line up, a line out jumper. Also, uh, I was the guy that was in charge of the kickoff. Oh, against yeah. Us, yeah, on the, those lifts as well, uh, and that's uh, I think that's a skill that is practice, practice, practice. Is you can be bored with that, but practice will make perfect perfection in that area. Excellent. Um, you with Thomas Moore, you won the D two national championship down in Dallas, I believe, right? Yeah. Uh, can you tell us about that playoff run, what that experience was like, and then the atmosphere in the final match there? So yeah, it was my first playoff ever. I never played a playoff before that, so uh, I was pretty scared. But uh, I sometimes being under pressure is better for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we have a pretty good uh, captain that is Hudson Montgomery. He was focused. He was doing what whatever we had to do to to get that that win. And the final game was was crazy. I don't know if you watch it, but the last place uh, scrum against us in uh, in our 20 yards. Mm-hmm. So that was crazy. It was full of emotions. Uh, we worked really hard. Uh, we got a, we got the chance to become like best friends between the team. So I think that's what got us the win at the end of the day. We were really united. Excellent. That that leads right into my next question, which was what made that team a championship team. It sounds like they were really close uh, on the field, and I would assume off the field too. Um, is that something you're looking to bring from Thomas Moore to the Free Jacks? These these this player group in New England is, uh, for all appearances, really close. They seem mm-hmm. to really have a, a tight knit group here, um, and it sounds like that could be a really good transition. Yeah, I saw a lot in social media, and I that's the interpretation that I got but I always respect the the team policy I don't want to come to a new team and uh, say what I think we should do I always welcome to see what their policy is and adapt and get as quick as possible in their road awesome uh, my last question is uh, what do you do to relax and have fun any hobbies or interests uh, I like to well we have a a uh, local drink that is called mate is like a tea. Mm-hmm. We we drink it. We gather together and we drink it. Usually, we are a few Argentinians here, so I, I'm always every time I was with Argentinian people. So that's something we do. I I like to walk a lot. I enjoy walks. They, they just bring me down. Um. And yeah, listen listen to music every time. Yeah, listen to music is one of my favorites. Awesome. That sounds what do you listen to? What, yeah, listen yeah, to throw some music out yeah. for us. I Tell listen us. to rap. I listen to uh, South American rap. I actually have a tattoo of my favorite rapper in my back. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Very good. Excellent. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, well um, yeah, go ahead, Dave. No, I was just going to say thank you. Uh, it's been really fun talking to you, and I uh, can't wait to see you out in the red, white, and blue. 
Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. That you you won't believe how excited I am to get <laughs> in the field. Um, when are you scheduled to um, head on up to to the New England area? Have Have you been told when you're expected to come up? We are working together with the with my schedule because of my school. I still a, a university, so it should be between these weeks uh, to fly and see the facilities, know know the team, the meet and greet. So I'm pretty excited for that. Uh, That'll be as, good. as you said, I, I heard it's a pretty close team, uh, so I'm excited, really excited. Um, what what's going to prepare you? I mean, actually, let me rephrase this question. Are you familiar with Boston winners, and are you looking forward to that? That's going to be something else, huh? Uh, I have a, uh, I set up my new goals already, and one of the is get used to the cold. I'm yeah. not used to it at all. Uh, it's, and, it's really and it's so a challenge. Fun. It is a challenge. If you are used to, you don't even realize how hard it is, but it is yeah. a challenge. It's different. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great way to put it, Dave. It's different. That's that's a great way to put it. Um, I'm gonna actually because you know we're we're getting close to the end here, but before we exit at the video, before we get to the last thing, I'm gonna actually open the floor up here for you to speak directly to the Free Jacks fans, the Rangers, if you will, out there. What would you just like to say to them? Uh, I would say that uh, I'm happy to be part of the family. Um, I don't know if I will be the best player, but I I promise that I will be the hardest worker. Mm -hmm. I will put all my best uh, and hope we have a good season. Excellent. So the last thing that we like to do around here, Tomas, is uh, we have what's called One Word Association, and that is actually sponsored by our friends here at Storm Along American Hard Cider. This is actually Light of the Sun. It is dragon fruit, hops, and mango, Dave. It's absolutely delicious. That sounds um, it goes with my shirt. It does. It's some a mango, some dragon fruit. Yeah, the colors actually match up pretty well. Um, let's. Let, so I'm going to say one word or maybe two, and the first word that pops in your mind, Tomas, I want you to throw it at me, okay? Okay. Uh, the first one is actually on your shirt. It's Thomas Moore. I would say friendship straight away. Excellent. Um, MLR is the next one. Uh, goals challenge. Yeah. Excellent. The next one is Boston. Oof, I would say new, scary. <laughs> okay. The next one, it should be a little bit easier. Argentina. Family. Easy. Yeah, there you go. And the final one is Free Jacks. Whoop, right here. Uh, winning. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yep. See, I love that. You know, that's <laughs> something that we want to make sure that as we continue down this road or with the Free Jacks, that people are synonymous with it. When they think of Free Jacks, they think of winning. So that's an excellent answer. Listen, Tomas, we appreciate your time very much. Can't wait to see you up here in New England. Um, we actually say one word to get out of here to exit the video. And we actually say, you're going to hear this quite a bit at Fort Quincy here at our, um, our home stadium. It's huzzah. We say it every single time that the Free Jacks score a try. Actually, Dave has a sign that he holds up for people to say it. So we're going to say that to exit the video in three, two, one. Huzzah! Huzzah! Woo! Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers show. I am joined this evening by our third round pick for the Free Jacks, Ivan Pulla. Ivan is with us. You're currently on mute, my friend. Can you hear me? How are you? I sure can. I'm doing well. How are you doing, Good. Phil? 
not too bad, not too bad. We're super excited about having you here. We had a little bit of a technical delay there, so we're late by about two minutes, but no big deal. We're expecting Dan from Quincy to be joining us at any moment. But while I have you here, let's kind of go through the basics real quick. Um, you are the third-round pick for the Free Jacks this year. You're a prop from uh, Central uh, Washington University, of course. Let's talk about where you're from originally. So both of my parents, they're from Samoa originally. Um, my dad was from Western Samoa and my mom's from American Samoa, but they both uh, met each other in the military and as such of a military brat. So wow. kind of grown up okay. in a lot of places. I've been in Hawaii for a while, Samoa itself. I was in, in Indiana for a small stint, but I ended up graduating here in Washington State. And okay. I graduated high school, went to college here, and Central Washington University was a local powerhouse for rugby. So that's right. That's yep. I signed up with and came here and never looked back since. That's awesome, man. Uh, tell us about, I mean, obviously Samoa is just a great rugby nation. Um, they love rugby there in Samoa. Is that how you got introduced to rugby? Is just through your family? How did that work? Yeah, pretty much. Um, my first experiences with rugby, uh, my dad, he's a big rugby player himself. Uh, I always okay. played back for his village, was always on his village team, competing with other local villages. But uh, being in the military, he kind of has to find friends where he can. And one of the mm -hmm. friends he found in Washington State was part of a rugby touch group. Uh, they kind of okay. just met up every other day or so just for fun, just to play rugby touch. And that's how I got introduced to the game. Uh, eventually, awesome. uh, my mom found a local club um, uh, around town where we lived at. And then, what was it? She saw it as a good way for me to stay in shape uh, during the offseason for football. But she ended up throwing me in there just to the wolves, knew nothing about it. Only the touch skills was, but that's like nothing compared to real rugby, right? Sure, so yeah. got into that. And then from then on, it just kind of made rugby my sport. Uh, football kind of fell to the wayside naturally. I had to change yeah. that one. I chose rugby easily. And I think it's I've ever made. Oh, yeah. Uh, great decision, obviously. You know, uh, American football is a part of my life because I love college uh, football. I went to the University of South Carolina. You kind of have to pay attention to it if you go there. But uh, it's slowly been just kind of inching its way out of my life. I'm not paying as much attention to it because, you know, MLR is here, right? I was always a big rugby fan. And speaking of rugby fans, we have Dan from Quincy, a.k.a. David Lawrence, with us, uh, joining us. Um, just, David, this is our third-round pick, Ivan Pula, uh, for the Free Jacks, of course. Uh, we oh, yeah. cannot hear you, my friend. We. <laughs> That's all right. I'll let you work on that. Again, technical difficulties here, folks. I'll let him work on that. In the meantime, I'm going to switch over to a question. You know, I, I played rugby in college. Um, you, you always kind of get a nickname, whether it's something that you want or don't want. Did you get a nickname uh, at uh, Central Washington there? Uh, not really. I mean, like, my names were pretty much my name was pretty much short enough as it is. It's only four letters, right? So, all right, yeah. But I guess most of my teammates call me by my last name Pula instead of my first name Ivan. Mm -hmm. So. That's pretty much about all I got. <laughs> no special nicknames <laughs> on my part or anything like that. No so problem, no problem. Like Cap, but that's just because I was captain for the last two years, so I don't really consider that a nickname. Okay, yeah. I mean, you know, if that is the nickname that you have to go with, it's not a bad one, right? Cap is pretty good. Um, let's talk about your college rugby recruitment. Obviously, Central Washington University is a bit of a powerhouse there um, in the Pacific Northwest. Why did you choose Central Washington, and what is your uh, what was the recruitment like? Was it like uh, typical recruitment? Uh, for recruitment-wise, I was part of one of the – there was like a local, like, stateside camp going on to help mm -hmm. improve the local uh, – rugby clubs and the, what is it, their performances, just to help players with their skill sets and all that stuff. And Coach Todd Thornley was actually there. He was helping out the loggers uh, run the camp. 
-hmm. then he saw me and then he's like, uh, he wanted to talk to my parents and he let me know he wanted me to come down for a visit. And pretty much ever since then, it was pretty much CW all the way. I came down for a visit. It was during the winter, so I couldn't really see much. Mm-hmm. But I loved what I saw. And uh, what is it? Central just seemed so much like home to me. And uh, it was just an automatically perfect fit, I thought. I thought it was That's awesome. The star gelled really well with the environment, with the people there, and with the rugby as well. And from then on, it's been a, it's been a pretty good choice. For sure. You know, the conferences are a little bit confusing. Obviously, I know the SEC equivalent um, for the University of South Carolina, but do you guys play Cal every year? Is that, is that how that works? Uh, not really. So the way okay. that Washington University works, we're an independent school. We're not really okay. part of any because we're kind of isolated from the rest of the mm-hmm. uh, college rugby world. So we kind of have to make uh, schedules with other teams in order to play with them. Yeah. Uh, in terms of like playing Cal, we have to find an agreement with Cal for them to play with us whenever they want. Mm-hmm. And that's usually kind of like the short end of the stick for being independent. We can choose our own schedule, but at the at the same time, teams choose one to play us as well. So it's kind of like a give and take, pros and cons kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. Uh, we face the same opponents consistently because we have to, but because we like to. Coach right. Tothony is really good at finding high-level competition for us to go against. BYU, mm-hmm. Cal, St. Mary's, okay. yep. all those level schools. He really likes to test our medal against the the best medal that he can find to, for us to for us to face off against. And that's it, awesome. uh, it just just so much happened to be uh, that we ended up playing all these schools pretty consistently. Very good. You're wearing, I think, a CWU shirt right there. Can you uh, show that all for us there? Yeah, there I'm you go. What, is the sure. mascot a wolf? Is that what that is? What is that? Uh, it's supposed to be a wildcat. It's okay. All right. It's been, it's a big we have a few different logos for a wildcat, but yeah. And, and his name is Welly. Is Welly the wildcat, but that's our mascot. Got a rock Very cool. With him. Very cool. <laughs> Dan, uh, we cannot hear you, my friend. I think there's a little bit of popping going on with your microphone. It might be uh, mine or yours or his, but uh, still cannot hear you right now, unfortunately. Um, Let me see if there's anything that I can do on my end. Doesn't look like it. I think I'm going to try to kick you out and come back in. All right? All right. We'll try to see if that works. There we go. Back to two. Here we are. Okay. Um, So next thing on the agenda here in terms of questions is how would you describe how you play rugby? Uh, If you could give us three words to use to describe how you play rugby, how would that, what would that look like? Or what would that sound like rather? I would say, I guess the first two words that come to mind is is reliable and consistent. Those are pretty much the same, but that's the kind of way to emphasize the way that I play rugby. Mm -hmm. Um, I never found myself to be like the most flashy dude when it comes to playing. I never found myself making the big plays or big hits or anything like that. But I've always taken great pride in the fact that I can always do my job and I like to do it well. So uh, Mm -hmm. I like to have uh, my teammates back and let them know that when I'm on the field, I'll be able to do their job. I'll be able to do my job so I can enable them to do theirs. And I feel like as a prop, that's pretty much the epitome of what a prop should be able to do, right? For sure. I watched your highlights uh, after uh, you were drafted, and I saw that little quick getaway that you had. You got a little bit of wheels, man. I mean, obviously props back in my day were just big guys. They didn't run fast whatsoever, but you can run a little bit, man. I saw you with the ball in hand. You, you got a, you know, you got some moves, man. I don't know if I call myself fast. I'm around a whole bunch. Of- <laughs> I know when it comes to those conditioning blocks, those guys are, that are on my teammates with those fellow jerseys, those fellow jerseys beside me, they always burn me, but. I've been known to have, uh, what is it, a little bit of breakaway speed. But yeah, um, I'll tell you what, in those moments, that's about all I got. That's all the gas in the tank that I got. 
after I have a run like that, it'll probably be a few minutes before I can run like that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, prop, right? No big deal. Um, <laughs> tell us about the draft process. What teams were seemed interested in you? Did the Free Jacks interview prior you prior to the draft, and did they talk to your coaches at all? Um, I know the New England Free Jacks talked to my coach uh, before the drafting process, mm-hmm. uh, um, and my coach said there's a whole bunch of teams who are looking at me to get interested, but not, not I don't know, like only three of them really reached out to me. Okay. Uh, no one of the biggest people that reached out to me. Uh, they okay. reached out. Uh, their GM, Ryan Fitzgerald, great guy. He was a great yep. guy. He got me over for a visit. He uh, took care of me and a few other uh, draftees while we were there. Uh, just get, showed us a great experience of how NOLO Gold operated, and it was great. I had a great time. I've also not as much, but I got into contact with Utah as well. They uh, they asked me for some film, some game film, and I sent them some. But okay. at the end of the day, Free Jackson is the people that called me, and ironically enough, they didn't contact me personally. They just talked to my coach. Okay. So it was it was a bit surprising when I got picked up by them out of left field. But I've been talking <laughs> to them since I got drafted, and they seem like great people, great guys, and That's people awesome. that I could yeah, see myself working with in the future and having a great time. Yeah, I do have a question about that a little bit later on, but I wanted to talk about the draft night for you. I mean, some people, you know, they just have family. Some people, they uh, enjoy that event with uh, their teammates and stuff like that. What was draft night like for you? And what was the setup? Um, You know, what was going through your mind as well when you were selected? Well, for draft night, uh, I don't really have any uh, family close by in order for us to watch together. But for me, it was just excited for me and the missus uh, to pull up together in, a, in, a, in our room and pretty much watched off a projector screen. Uh, as draft night was going on, um, I was starting to get pretty anxious towards the end of the third round. It was like mm-hmm. 39 picks, and I was they were starting to run down really uh, to the end of it, and I was starting to get nervous, thinking like, oh, man, I never really considered the possibility that I might not get drafted, yep. which, is, uh, which is bad planning on my part, really bad planning. <laughs> really bad, <laughs> bad good plan after this. It was either all, all in or all out, and I chose all in. Yeah. But thankfully, uh, the new the New England Free Jacks picked me up, and I just felt so relieved. But it took for a minute. It took a minute for the realization to actually hit that I got drafted by a professional level rugby team. Right. And when I finally had, I couldn't stop smiling. I could not stop smiling. Even my girlfriend was hyping me up the entire time. <laughs> it was a great night. It was That's a great fantastic. night. Um, do you have any plans in motion, right? Because uh, as somebody that's coming in as a uh, really any draft pick, I think with the Free Jacks or development guys, you know. Um, I don't want to go so far as say part-timers because what you do is extremely important and stuff like that. But uh, do you intend on having a job outside of uh, rugby as well? Or what's that going to look like? Do you know? Uh, During the season, I don't plan to have a job. I want to focus on and focus on it 100%. I know in order to, I know there's a bit of a struggle to make ends meet sometimes for some players. They have to pick up a job on the outset while playing rugby at the same time. Mm -hmm. But my personal goal is that I want to develop into the best rugby player that I can be be the best athlete that I can be. And I think, I don't think I'll be able to achieve that goal if I do have a side job. So during the rugby season, I plan to 100% just fully commit to being a rugby player. In the off season, I'll tell something else out, but during the season, 100% committed to the New England Free Jacks. Very good. That's a great answer. Um, You know, you were talking about how you've spoken with the Free Jacks uh, since, you know, you're being drafted. So obviously performance director Tom Kindly and head coach Scott Matthey, what what have those conversations been like? And have you spoke to both of them? I actually have spoken to both of them, and they both uh, called me pretty soon after I got drafted just to say congratulations and to get to know me. Really good guys, uh, really kind on the chats that we had so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, they both just wanted to make sure that uh, I had a good day and make sure that I enjoyed the moment and all that stuff in terms of getting drafted. Told me to enjoy it, and they sent me over some vital information in terms of, like, packets and all that stuff. This is stuff I need to know right off the get. 
but uh, they just wanted to get to know me, let's like get to know a little bit where I'm about, what I'm about, where I'm from, and all that jazz. And it was a good chat. It was a good chat. I'm sure I'll hear more from them in the future as I slowly move towards New England. But mm-hmm. uh, overall, just great things all around. Good, good. Yeah, they're they're fantastic people. Uh, Tom's going to be with us on tomorrow morning actually to talk about the draft. And we've had Coach Matthew on I think twice at this point. Awesome dude. Really understands what we're trying to do here in terms of growing the game and stuff like that in New England. But um, what parts of your game on the pitch do you feel like you're really good at, and what parts do you need to be developed a little bit more? Do you think? I solved the old issue, by the way. There we go. There we go. All right. Oh, Dan from Quincy is, is, is with us here. All right. Good, good, good. It turns out it was an incredibly complicated problem. There's a little button with a microphone icon on it, and it turns out it was lit up, which meant, you know, you'd think. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> but I've cracked it. I've cracked the code. Good, good. Ivan, great to see you. Sorry about the delay there. Oh, now we're having issues with Ivan's uh, phone. There we go. There we go. Go ahead, my friend. It off. All good. Yeah, yep, yep. Okay, so uh, the question was, let me pull it back up here. Basically, you know, what parts of your game do you feel like you can improve is my question. Uh, foremost, when it comes to game, parts of my game that I can improve is definitely strength and conditioning, uh, mm-hmm. 100% the conditioning. Uh, I know one of the things that I always struggle with growing up, even through high, high school football and club rugby and college rugby even, is that I always did enough to try and just uh, get by, I guess. But I guess moving forward, what I really want to do is I'm, I want to be able to be at the level of conditioning to where I can perform at elite level for long periods of time, however long I need to. Mm-hmm. I know the best way to improve performing at that elite level is to improve my conditioning, like get those better Bronco times up, being able to withstand like higher intensity running for longer periods of time, all that good jazz, all that good jazz. Yeah, I know that some of the free jacks that would normally, you know, spread out are with the free jacks still um, in some sort of capacity where they're training in the offseason. I know Tavetta Soul, who's also a prop, um, I see him on, you know, Instagram stories and stuff like that, really gifted, getting after it, trying to polish his game in the offseason. That's, you know, that's what it takes sometimes if you want to be a professional rugby player, if you want to get paid to do this, you have to take those extra steps, obviously. Um, Dan from Quincy, do you have any questions? Uh, you know, we went over some stuff already, you had some technical difficulties. Sure, yeah. What do you got? Sorry I'm late to the party. Uh, Ivan, it's great to meet you. I noticed, uh, at least according to your your college page there, it mentioned that it looks like you graduated and you were in a master's program or in grad school. Uh, What were you studying? And um, is that going to continue? Are you going to try to, you know, be a remote student while you're here or just what? Honestly, with with my time here at Central Washington University, um, what is it? I try to extend my stay here to be a fifth-year student and beyond uh, with – through through being a, through the graduate program, being a master's, being a master's student, and I did decided to do that with the law and justice program here at CWU. Oh, nice! Great program overall. Uh, loved the uh, loved the content that we talked about. Loved learning there, and then uh, in terms of pursuing that further, um, I kind of decided to put that on the back burner for now. Mm. Uh, I I think I finished with education. I think I've done all the schooling that I want to do. But when it comes in terms of like pursuing a career in that field, that's definitely something I do want to do. But I'll leave that in the future. Uh, right now, I just want to focus on a pro rugby player. Yeah. <laughs> nice i mean if you've got the opportunity i know i sure as hell would have done the same thing you know oh yeah i was never never good enough i played b-side throughout college but uh yeah if i had the opportunity this is exactly what i would do as well Ivan. i don't blame you all right um what else you got for us dan Anything? well uh I, I might have already missed it um it sounds like you're not here yet but you have your sort of plan to get here is there a you know a the Eagle has landed kind of date you're looking at, or, uh, you know, when are we going to see your smiling face in Quincy? Uh, sometime relatively soon. I know I'll be there in the fall, but I'm kind of coordinating with uh, 
the GM and the head coach in order to try to get myself over there as, as quick as I can. I know I have some stuff I got to bring along with me, so I've got to figure out the logistics of all that. Uh, but I, it'll be rather sooner rather than later. I'll be there well, soon. I sure. doubt there will there will be much culture shock. Is there anything you're sort of either looking forward to or a little you know dreading a little bit about what you've heard about New England? Honestly, I've actually heard all great things about it. Everyone that I talked to said New England was a great place Liars. to be. Bunch of liars. No, <laughs> <laughs> I've well, lived here for twelve good. years. I'm not from here originally, but I've been here for 12 years. I absolutely love it. You're going to love it, yeah. too. Um, I was going to ask you, this is actually a Bozo question. Bozo was not able to join us in this video. He's uh, having some fun for, for his birthday weekend. But uh, have you ever experienced anything like a New England winter? Um, my first winter here in Washington State, there was a blizzard. It was back in 2012 okay. when we were here from Indiana. We mm -hmm. had driven up and missed most of the blizzard coming across most of the nation. But when we hit Washington State, there was like 12 inches of snow on, my, like, on our first week there. And so it just kept piling on after that. But that freak incident of just having 12 inches overnight, that was just kind of like the introduction to the worst winter I've ever been through. So <laughs> if, if New England is anything like that, hopefully I'm ready. I hope I am. <laughs> we, we, call it, we call that February. Yeah, exactly. Through, yeah. Through, yeah, through April. February. Yeah. <laughs> my first year in New England was the winter of 2010. And it seemed like we got a blizzard every single week of like at least nine to 10 inches of snow. It was brutal, but you yeah. get used to it eventually. Um, what well, other? I, I love yep. sending pictures of snowstorms in April to my relatives in Texas and just to <laughs> blow their minds. It's, you know, eight, 82 degrees there. And I'm like, yeah. guess what? Another blizzard. I'm like, it's April 2nd. That means this is the second to last blizzard of the year. Yeah. <laughs> Normally it's not as warm as other places, but it has been more humid and hot this summer than, than when I can remember, you know, been here, being here for 12 years, it's been a bit warmer than I'm, than I'm used to and, and what I'm comfortable with. So hopefully that is just a rare thing. But uh, what other sports teams? I know that you're a Washington State guy. What are the sports teams you support, professional teams? Um, honestly, I've been a big Colts fan for as long as I oh, can wow. remember. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I, was, uh, I was a big Colts fan before me and my family traveled to Indianapolis, Indiana. Mm -hmm. And then we had moved there. And then me as a freshly like ordained Colts fan, I was like seven at the time, thought this was a sign, right? I thought this was <laughs> There's no way I cannot be a Colts fan now. So I've been sticking with the Colts ever since then. I haven't really been catching up in the, in recent times. Like you said, uh, rugby has been my main focus. Right. But I will I will 100% be a Colts fan until the end of it. <laughs> Good for <laughs> you, man. You know, uh, you might get a little bit of crap from Patriots fans around here, but, you know, no big deal. Yeah. It's all it's all in good fun. Um you know, another question that Bozo had was, if you could play any rugby position other than front row, where would you play? Hmm. If I could have the athleticism to be a flanker at the high level, I think that'd probably be where I'd want to go. I was a flanker and eight man in high school, so I kind of have okay. a, a huge admiration and respect for that position. Mm -hmm. uh, the the blind side flanker number sixes. I was at the being a hard nosed number six, being able to cover that blind and cover those eight man picks, being able to come up to the line and just smash people's mouths in, both offensively and defensively. Huge respect for that. So if I if I were to be able to play a position, I would choose probably the number six jersey. Uh, so I'm 6'4", and as a professional, you know, that's not a very tall lock. That's actually a short lock nowadays. But when I was coming up, you know, in high school and, and college, you always played lock if you're six foot three and above. Like, that's just your natural position to play. But I always wanted to play eight-man, uh, but I never had the wheels for it. I, You know, super slow pace, uh, unfortunately, even though I've got long legs. I don't know why how that turned out, but it did. Um, let me see here. 
Did you play any age grade rugby? I think we talked about this a little bit, but um, what levels did you play at? So I was actually able to, in my final year for high school rugby, I was able to play for the high school Americans uh, West mm-hmm. side against the BC Ontario team who were the okay. same age. It was like the U18 high school Americans group. That was a great experience. Loved it. I uh, wanted to try and continue with the high school Americans there, but I was graduating out of it. So I couldn't continue that path any further. Um, I was I was aiming to try and go for the U20s, and I heard my name was dropped a couple of times. I don't know how real that is, though, with the head coach and the players there. But unfortunately, my first two years with the Central Washington Wildcats, which I would have been eligible to play U20s, I was out with a huge shoulder injury. Multiple okay. that resulted in a, in a surgery uh, my sophomore year. So I was out for the first two seasons completely. Okay. Afterward, I went to play with USA Selects, uh, the okay. USA or the USAA side, whatever the name is nowadays. I know it's, it's the worst name of all time. They just need <laughs> to call that program the Falcons or just get it over with. That, that select and A is just so boring. We can do better than that. But, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. The name changes so often. I know yeah. it was select when we were there, but it changed the A's recently. I'm not – I don't know. So, don't get me started on USA Rugby, man. Let's <laughs> let's talk about something a lot more exciting. Um, are you ready for the Fort Quincy experience, which is the the home stadium of the Free Jacks? Have you heard about Section Five, the Rowdy uh, Rangers? Have you heard about the atmosphere there? I've heard that it gets pretty crowded every single time you guys have a home rugby game. You guys have a really oh, yeah. good sports, the Free Jacks, a whole lot. Um, I come from a niche rugby community here in Washington myself, so I'm no stranger to. <laughs> Crowd, but I don't know if I'm going to be ready for as big of a crowd as it was as at the the Quincy game. So, okay, yeah. um, I'm looking forward to it. Really exciting experience. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's always a good time. Uh, go ahead, uh, Dan. I was just I was just wondering if I could pop in a hypothetical. You know, you, you get here, you start conditioning, you, you find yourself really committed. You're full time. Um, you've got this great staff supporting you around you. You've got great guys supporting you around you. Let's say everything goes exactly as you want. Three years from now, it's coming towards the end of this Free Jacks concert uh, contract. You know, what player right now do you think you can most be comparable to? Who's, who's a current rugby player that we might know? Hmm. The, who's the best you that we could watch right now? Um, but, you know, I, that might that might be too much. How about who would you want to be if you were the perfect you? Oh, um, be the perfect me. I always look up to like the international level props like Kyle Sinclair, uh, mm-hmm. those big guys. Try to look up at the front row, look at the jobs that they do. Uh, Joe Moody, all those big names at the front row. I always try to emulate their kind of play styles and see how they can play consistently at that high level, uh, especially when it comes to scrum time. I know Ty Head, they have that big responsibility of anchoring the scrum and making sure they get that good forward at that set piece. Mm-hmm. So as to having that responsibility as Ty Head myself, that's something I, will, I always want to be uh, – at the peak of my game, I was. It's funny. I could, I could have sworn you said angering the scrum, and I just thought of Genji just for a second. I was like, oh, Alice Genji, oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, guys. Um, normally, I forget to do this, but I'm remembering right now. So we are live, of course, across all of our social media platforms. So if you have a question for Ivan, throw it in here, and we'll. If it's a good one, we'll go ahead and ask him that. We're kind of you know winding down with the interview and whatnot. Dan, do you have anything else uh, for Ivan? Uh, not, nothing on my list. I'm just okay. uh, I'm really looking forward to you. You know, like Phil said, uh, experiencing Fort Quincy. All the players that I've talked to have said it's a special experience. That first time, you know, there was a move uh, you might not even know. We sort of started out of this one place that was not nearly as nice, and by the it, when the players came for this final home game of the season, 
you know, they could feel the fans through the pitch. And I remember that was a comment a lot of them said, and I'm just, I'm really looking forward to you feeling the, the electricity that people like us bring. I'm looking forward to it too. I can't wait. <laughs> so before we get you out of here, I got really two things. The first one is just, I'm going to open up the floor for you to speak directly to the Free Jacks fans. I like to call them Rangers is what I call our fans. Uh, what do you, what would you like to say to them? If I just open the floor up here for you to talk to directly to the fans. I say howdy. My name is Ivan Pula, and I'm very <laughs> excited to see you guys here pretty soon. Very excited to see uh, the community that you guys created over here in New England. Very excited to be part of the family, and I can't wait to join you guys and uh, make you guys proud. Hopefully, I can see you guys on the pitch sometime soon. Love that. So the final thing here is I do have what's called the One Word Association, and that is sponsored by our friends at Storm Along American Hard Cider. This is the unfiltered offering. It is absolutely delicious. Um, what I'm going to say is one or two words, Ivan, and the first word that pops into your mind, throw it back at me, okay? Okay, I got you. All right. So the first one is Central Washington. Uh, home. All right. MLR. Professional. Boston. Massachusetts. <laughs> All right. Seattle. Seahawks. And final one here is Free Jacks. New England. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. We're going to say one word to get out of here. I just want to prep you with this. You're going to hear this quite a bit at Fort Quincy. Every time that a try is scored, we say this word, and then you know, however many tries are scored after that, we kind of multiply it up from there. So it's it's the word is huzzah. And we say it at the end of every single video. Dan, you know what I'm talking about here. So I'm going to say it in three, two, one. Huzzah! Woo! <laughs> Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers show. I'm joined with Bozo6, Chris Lind, and also making his record-breaking seventh appearance on the show, the performance director of the Free Jacks, TK Tom Kindly. How the hell are you, my friend? Very well, thanks, lads. How are you guys? Not too bad. Bozo, how you doing, man? Uh, this there we go. <laughs> oh, am my I God. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, hold on. Let me turn the brightness down on my head here. Uh, it's it's just yeah, such a, <laughs> I'm blinded. No, I was just asking. Like... Okay, good. Yeah, just all right. Technical difficulties out of the way. Uh, let's get right <laughs> into the questions here. Jesus Christ. Um, once the since the last time we spoke with you. Um, the Jacks have made some huge trade deals, acquiring a star hooker in um, Andrew Quatrin and a constant starter in this league at lock in Connor Keyes, both Canadians, right? Um, how did these trades come about? Yeah, um, well, I think it was the, the next progression of our evolution as a, as a competitive rugby team um, was to attain some really high-quality domestic qualified players. Mm -hmm. Um and there's been a couple of guys that we've been aware had some interest in coming to New England for a, a period of time. And um, it hadn't been something we'd sort of pulled the trigger on with other general managers and, and tried to find a way to get get those players um, to attain their rights from those teams. Um, and, and in both of those scenarios, they were um, not straightforward um, trades. They took a little bit of time to, you know, to, to make them happen. And for them to be something that both teams were comfortable um, with, uh, with Toronto and Atlanta respectively. But yeah, like you said, we're, we're stoked to have uh, two players who we think are, you know, quality um, quality rugby players and, and can start for us in their respective positions, mm -hmm. uh, which which is fantastic to add a, you know, further depth to our roster ahead of 2023. 
I didn't write this down, but I did want to ask because we're talking about some guys that are really consistent. You know, one of them is a, a breakout star in this league. You know, probably the best young hooker in Major League Rugby. How are we doing on salary cap? Are we close, or I mean, is there some wiggle wiggle room to bring in maybe like a really good um, fly half, perhaps? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, we 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 will certainly have a. Obviously, we need a fly half or two, so we'll have one or two tens coming in, which which would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's always a balancing act, you know. Like we have a relatively modest um, salary cap, and um, trying to squeeze thirty four players into that every year is definitely a balancing act. You need to find mm-hmm. a good mix of, you know, um, young young guys coming in and having their first opportunity at the lower end of the scale, and new guys mm-hmm. that are progressing up your scale uh year to year so yeah mate it's definitely definitely a challenge but but we we usually do do it all right speaking of the young guys uh free jacks had two draft picks in 2022 instead of three normally you get three i mean you you know teams can trade away obviously um austin and la i, I don't believe had any picks um they traded those away how did we get to that number just two and the pick actually p- positions um how did that come about yeah, so the pick positions uh, they stem from where you f- finished mm-hmm. um, the pre the previous season. Um, so we obviously we had a good year. We finished quite high, so we had had, lo- had low picks relatively per round. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we traded um, we traded um, some cap space and an international uh, sorry um, some cap space um, and our first round pick with Utah for an international spot. Um, mm-hmm during the 2022 season. So that's where our, uh, our first round pick went. Um, but we were sort of comfortable to make that concession. We we will have a fair bit of retainment, player retainment. Um, so we knew that we wouldn't be adding that that much uh, in the way of players. So we were sort of comfortable making that decision last year. Um, yeah, so that's how that happened. All right. Um, I did want to mention that we ran in we, we ran some polls across social media and 56% of the vote across all platforms thought that the Jacks should draft a fly half in the second round, which was way off the mark there. I even you know commented on that saying that, that doesn't seem likely. And 35% of the vote across all platforms thought that the Jacks should draft a prop in the third round, which they got right. So I'm going to give them credit on that, um, you know, with that insight there. Uh, Zach Lanning did mention some players that the Jacks might want to go after in episode 51 that he kind of spoon fed us because we're not, you know, collegiate uh, experts by any means in the rugby setting or anything around here in New England. It's not really something that people around here pay attention to. Um, I looked at the highlights and some of these guys were really impressive. Uh, there were a couple of guys that I would have loved to see the Jacks have on their squad next season, but they were taken prior to the Jacks pick, right? Um, one of the guys that I remember that Zach did mention was Tomas, but I didn't really look into him because I just assumed that he would be taking up an international roster spot. We found out, obviously, afterwards that that was not the case. But let's talk about uh, the 17th overall pick in round two. The Jack selected Tomas uh, Karras out of Thomas More University. What stood out about him uh, to UTK? Yeah, Um no, it was it was an interesting process because um, what we do is you know we we'll, we had ranked sort of one through thirty nine, mm-hmm. um, in terms of where we just their ability purely as rugby players, not necessarily in, in regard to our needs as a a team. But there were quite a few guys in our top seventeen that were available at that point. There was Jack mm-hmm. Manzo, who we rate quite highly as a hooker, was still available. Um, Ivan Puller, we actually rated in our sort of top ten. 
and oh, wow. he was a, he was available. Um, and um, Thomas Casares sort of came to the drawing board a little bit later when, like you like you mentioned, we found out he was US eligible. His dad's born born in Delaware, mm-hmm. um, and we just thought we felt as though there was too much there to to pass on. You know, like he he just showed. Yeah, we, we just felt like he's got a really, really high ceiling as a rugby player. Uh, he's a back rower who can probably play lock if he needed to and has played a lot of lock um, and just had a point of difference. Um, you always go through a lot of loose forwards each year as well, so it's not a bad position to bring in a development player. You sort of mm-hmm. need to have seven seven or eight um, players who can play there. So, um, yeah, that was sort of the, the logic behind Thomas Casares and... Uh, this year, um, I've been on holiday with my family, so I've had wheels um, jump on board and be making a lot of these phone calls. So that's awesome. Uh, it was quite a funny process, actually. We <laughs> we were still whittling down. We hadn't seen a birth certificate yet from his dad, mm. and, and so it was sort of like wheels. I've got an email that's you know he's he said his his dad's born in Delaware. I, that would be a strange thing for him to to lie about, you know? Right. So, yeah. But we but like you say we. You know, it would be very unlikely for us to take an international player um, unless they were soon to be domestic eligible. So it was a, at the time of doing it, we still hadn't seen the birth certificate. So um, it was quite funny. We were going back and forth, Scott, Wills and myself um, <laughs> as the five minutes was elapsing. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, there you go. That's incredible. I mean, you know, Delaware is just a state that nobody thinks of, Um, you know, so to throw Delaware out there, you you know, you wouldn't assume that he's lying or anything like that, obviously. But um, yeah, Delaware is a weird one, Um, a state that is completely uh, pretty much irrelevant. Um, But I'm sure the people of Delaware are just uh, scoffing if they ever were to listen to this. Um, (laughs) Let's talk about, you know, what, like I said, you know, with the news of the pick as it was coming in, I was live on the rugby rant live streaming with them. And I was a little puzzled. I didn't think that we needed the depth in that area compared to other areas. And also, like I said, I didn't realize that Tomas was USA eligible. But um, there's this strategy that people talk about, especially with the NFL draft, is do you take a guy based on team need and pass up, um, you know, maybe a surefire thing with a position that you don't necessarily need with just like, you know, raw talent that you just can't, uh, you know, skip by? Or do you always go with team need? Like, what is your overall philosophy with that? Do you take a guy that's just super talented, regardless of the position? Or you do strictly want to look at team need um, more than anything else? Yeah, so it's a really, really good question. And you guys would be, you know, uh, American sports fans, you guys would understand it probably even better than myself, having experienced so many drafts across different sports. But mm-hmm. um I think it's a little bit of both. For example, um, Mike Weir was one that was still available. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Dartmouth fly half. We thought he could have been a good potential third 10 option for us. Um, but Mikey um, has a job in DC, Washington, DC. Yeah, um, okay. and, and there's sort of a bit of that. That still happens within the draft, obviously, with the, the level of the salaries these guys are going to be receiving. Um, mm-hmm. If someone does have a, you know, a really significant career opportunity, um, you know, you sort of want to do right by the player and you don't want to, you know, hamper his opportunity to balance everything out. So that's why we passed on Mikey, um, while well, one of the reasons. Um, and then even with, with prop, you know, it's not necessarily a position of need for us, but we rated Ivan so highly. Um, the, the feedback was just so, so positive, overwhelmingly. So on Ivan, it was like, hey, we think this guy can probably be a sort of a top four prop for us in time. And it would just be, an, it's a no brainer to, to take him. So, you, you know, you take him on the basis that, you know, it may not be this year where he's, um, 
you know, in the roster mm-hmm. most weeks, but it may not be that long until that happens. So, yeah, I think for the most part, you're going to take someone who you think is in a position of need at the moment, but there's definitely a little bit of that. And some teams will take players and, and trade them after the fact um, based on we think this guy's, you know, we know that Utah and San Diego want this player, for example, let's take him and then, you know, we can get this player from them or, or whatever it may be. So that's kind of kind of fun in that sense. And during the draft too, I had Brennan Sparks called before our last pick um, and offered salary cap space um, for before our 37th pick. Um, and we, we turned that down because we, you know, we had a player that we wanted at that point in time. But so that, right. it's quite cool though, how, you know, it's, it's all go. Yeah, I imagine maybe in future years that all of you guys, GMs and whatnot, will be in one room together. Kind of, I think that's how the NFL used to do it back in the day. They had these these big phones and like the helmets right beside of it. You know, it was all very theatrical. But I think that'd be kind of cool, at least to uh, do that at one year at some point down the road. But um, you know, Mike Ware was somebody that I had you know heard about. Again, none of my knowledge came from me looking at these guys. It was really truly spoon fed uh, by Alex. Uh, or excuse me. Zach Lanning, um, the collegiate rugby expert that we uh, we really enjoy and, and talk to and as a friend of this show. So um, I had him on my little list here, and I was thinking, you know, this is makes a lot of sense, right, because he's a Dartmouth guy. He's actually been in the Free Jack system with the collegiate all-stars. He's worn the jersey, if you will, to a certain extent. Um, but, yeah, this just, it didn't work out. But, it, it, again, my knowledge was very limited. I didn't realize he had a job in D.C., so that makes sense. You guys, uh, you know, passed on him. But um, let's talk about the 37th pick. We talked about him a little bit already. Uh, round three, the Jacks selected Ivan Pula out of uh, Central Washington University. Sounds like he was in your top ten on the draft board there. Amazing that he went all the way down to uh, 37th if he was in your uh, top ten. What stood out uh, other than what you've already said about Ivan? Yeah, uh, yeah, Ivan's been someone that um, I've, Todd Thornley's a very good friend friend of the club, um, mm-hmm. and uh, we've been talking about Ivan for a number of years now. Um, you know, like I remember last year, Todd's like, "Oh, we don't really have anyone coming through." That's obviously Central Washington are a really strong collegiate program, mm-hmm. but like, the last couple of years, he's sort of been like, aside from Brian Nolt, he sort of said, "Look, there, there's no one really coming through um, that you should." you should bother with at this stage but there is one in a couple of years Ivan Puller um you know who he he calls he calls Ivan the unicorn um because he's such an anomaly um wow like he's just he's such a diligent um hard-working um high quality academic high quality person high quality rugby player so mm-hmm. um yeah I think he showed with the USA selects that he's he can scrummage it at with men uh, against men um, and he, he'll be able to make that step up and he has a huge amount of potential obviously he's, he's six foot just shy of 270 um, he's a big kid um, can play tight head and loose head we probably see him primarily as a tight head with, for us mm-hmm. um, but yeah just based on that that feedback over the last couple of years with Todd it was certainly someone we'd been zeroing in on and, and so much to the fact that like you say, by the time we got to the 37th pick, we were just bewildered that he hadn't been taken yet. Right. So I actually, I called Todd during the draft and said, has he been, has something happened? Has he been injured? You know, like what's going on? And he said, no, no, he's all good. Like, I can't believe it either. Take him. Um, so yeah, we had a couple of like last minute phone calls just to check out things right as the draft was happening this year, which was quite a fun experience. So Nice. Yeah. yeah. Keep the heart pounding. I imagine makes you, uh, makes you feel alive, right? Yeah. Cause it's down to the wire, but um, 
that's awesome. You know, we talked to both of these guys uh, yesterday um, in the show running. You know, uh, your uh, interview will go last and those guys will go before you. But, you know, talking to both of them, they seem like really good kids. Um, Ivan, you know, what stuck out to me um, with him is he's like, you know, this guy, you know, he's a very bright kid, you know, is, is high up in academics and stuff like that, um, could do other things on the side. But the, the gist that we got from him is he like he's coming to play rugby um, and he doesn't really have an immediate backup. He's not going to be working on the side. He's just going to focus on rugby with the Free Jacks and see how far it takes him, which is really a noble thing. And it's not like this guy has no backups or that he could pursue. He definitely has those opportunities, but he wants to focus solely on rugby right now. And I said, you know, I'd probably do the same thing if I was in your shoes, but he does have those other opportunities and other options um, to pursue. So that's that's encouraging. Um, how is the squad building coming along? Are we still around? 70 or 80 percent of squad retention rate or is that lower at this point yeah uh, no, that's cool on ivan and we completely agree i know there was a point where ivan was sort of thinking about just getting straight into a law career and mm-hmm. um and I, I think it's a great time as an american rugby player to have a real good crack at it you know you can mm-hmm. you can work for the rest of your life as is what i always say and you can build right. in that direction and attain you know work experience while you're while you're embarking on your professional rugby career so um yeah i think that's fantastic that he's gonna have a good crack at it and being a prop or a lock in particular there's potentially uh lucrative overseas opportunities for, for players who really excel in those positions too mm-hmm. um so it's definitely worth having a crack um and then yeah our roster definitely yeah i think we'll be right around that 70 percent mark we're going to start uh, with announcements uh, right at the end of the month um okay and uh that'll start with like our management team and then we'll work through returning players uh, new players um and it'll be yeah should be we've been putting a lot of work into it a lot of a lot of thought and um and yeah so we're it'll be quite a fun time i think excellent so you uh you stole my last question there and answered it so i do appreciate that uh bozo what you got for us Hey, good morning, Tom. Uh, just a quick question back, kind of backpedaling to the, um, how much is like personality taken into account or like just like uh, the person, so not the rugby player? Because obviously like, I don't I don't know how crazy you guys go in, in depth with these these things. So like obviously like the NFL, like they do all these like interviews and all this other stuff. And like, you know, like how much is like the personality like or like the person a part of the selection? Yeah, great question. I, um, very good question. And I think, massively so um yeah it's, it's really we've learned a couple of hard, hard lessons over the last few years and it's just you know it's really worth it if, if they don't align with you know what you guys are about culturally environmentally particularly if they're coming in at the lower end of the scale and you know they've got a bit of an ego like that'll quickly get shut down um, yeah. so i think it's, it's really important that you know that they're aligned with your ment- ment- mentality I mean, the first thing we do with our um, our draftees is we send them a packet with information uh, about the club, um, and you know it tells them a little bit about our organisational uh, values. Um, obviously, our values are uh, humility, uh, being hardworking, and having fun. And I think mm-hmm. like we were able to see that in both of our our draftees this year, which was cool. Um, but yeah, to your to your point there, uh, Chris, 
they uh, even newer lens are, are flying in these these uh, draftees, potential draftees, and interviewing them and seeing them run around and putting them through a session, and which is awesome um, to see. And, and yeah, we definitely speak to you know the the candidates and, and we find out as much as we can. We haven't yet flown them in. We will fly these boys in to come and check out the facilities in the next month or so, which will be awesome. Um, but I think that's great that like Ryan Fitzgerald. Um, he, I really enjoy watching how into the draft he gets and like how important to him it is and as important to us as well. Um, but yeah, it's just great to see him like with that energy about it. Yeah. I mean, like you mentioned that uh, drafting is like literally embedded in American sports culture. Every, every major sport in the United States does it. And like people, the fans just go insane over it. And that kind of leads me to my next question about not just like draftees, but incoming signing players. Like now we're kind of, as you mentioned, we're getting into that season. How, like, what are the things you, especially with like a newer player and they're coming out of college. So maybe they don't have a job. Is the team like heavily involved in helping them get set up? as they come in and, and it's some, sometimes well in advance of the season yeah yeah so yeah it's very uh situational de- situation dependent i think um so for example for an ivan um he he's graduated and like there is the possibility that he comes out and potentially plays in the local club rugby season uh, and lives in new england through the fall um Whereas Thomas Casares is, is uh, studying through the end of the year, so he won't come in until January of next year. Um, but you're exactly right; like it's really important to settle these guys in, uh, make sure they get a bit of a runway, uh, and are set up for success to, um, you know, to be be up to the level. So I guess for the moment, the primary thing is making sure that each of our departments connect with them. So medical, strength and conditioning. Our coaches have all connected with these guys and found out their, you know, their injury background, anything they're working on, um, getting them on our programming, strength and conditioning, and our coaches having a chat to them and telling them where they see them and, and those sorts of things. So, uh, really good question and definitely something that we we definitely try to try to do. Do you guys? Um, bit of a joke question. Do you do you have a a New England winter specialist to give them the briefing, <laughs> uh, give them proper clothing, and teach them, you know basically teach them good lessons to, to know, like it's not short weather or it could be. Yeah. <laughs> we always talk, I talked to Rick Salizo from New York and he talks about when he picks up, they've got a bunch of players from the Southern hemisphere that come in obviously from New Zealand and he picks them up from the airport and they come in in shorts and the hoodie. And they think that like, you know, they've got the hoodie on so they'll be warm. And then they're met with like a wall of, of freezing cold as they step out of the airport. So um, with, very, I, you could actually um, appoint someone to, to do that, but I think it, it's more than anywhere. Um, I kind of call the Major League Rugby as like an NPC on steroids in terms of the, like the administration and logistics of mm-hmm. getting all these players and, and, and staff into the area and facilitating that. And you need, nearly need like a pastoral care manager uh, to look after all of these things. You know, like the players that come in, they need a social security number, bank account, they need a phone. They need to set up the, the utilities. They need to, you know, the list goes on. So, yeah, snow boots, like you say. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just, I mean, even even with domestic players, uh, when I was out down, I was talking to Holden Younger, and, I mean, he's from California. I think he's obviously, like, seen snow or whatever, but he, his comment to me was that he couldn't believe, like, that it like the summer here. He's like, it's so different than the winter. He's like, it's unbelievable, the, the extreme changes. And I was like, 
you ain't used to it. And so we always kind of joke in our Outriders chat about, you know, are these guys ready for the winter? I mean, Phil asked uh, Ivan if he's ready to go. And so, yeah, it's definitely a a different type of thing. And when you see the social media posts, like uh, the the Free Jacks did, uh, which players from New England, and they're sending out there the Toronto match, and it's like Cam sitting there smiling. (laughs) And everyone else is like freezing. Yeah, almost. So, yeah, I mean, and then uh, just, I guess, finally um, going forward, uh, what's the lineup looking like for the fall? We're past the, the, the midsummer days festival and the team got anything going for the fall like i know that the camps are kind of continuing those regional camps but is there anything else going on yeah so scott gets our head coach gets back into the um he's been back home in south africa for a, a month um and then he'll be back and we're gonna start um what well, we're gonna pull together like a new england high performance training unit so that'll be our 12 15 guys in the area uh, and then an additional sort of 12 to 15 um, of the, the the best guys that we see locally playing club rugby. Um, and they'll, they'll train together a couple of times a week and it'll become more and more frequent as the uh, pre-season approaches. So that'll be one cool thing we'll be doing. Uh, and then obviously all of the, all of the preparation, quite a, a lot of work needs to go in in terms of sourcing all of our housing again for um, the 2023 season and getting everything underway, um, kit design, all, all of that stuff. Uh, needs to needs to happen again and try to um you know level up in terms of the way we we operate organizationally with everything um so yeah it'll just be probably a mixture of like you say community and academy efforts getting the senior team um content of uh, together sort of for the first time a little bit and then um yeah preparation for next year yeah, and then a uh, final one for me. Did you enjoy your vacation? I saw you up there. You're in the in-ground pool, as we call it, uh, Lake Winnipesaukee, getting getting some good time, and you have some good quality time. Yeah, it's been awesome. Um, we did I, – I have been joking about it with my poor family that I've just about killed them. Um, we had, like, <laughs> had two weeks of intense New England. Uh, there was an itinerary every day. Uh, we went down to New York, sadly, and had to check that out in D.C., um, but more importantly, we did Maine and Lake Winnipesaukee, New Hampshire, and like you, like you said, unfortunately, my but my brother took a really bad concussion wakeboarding. Um, oh no! Yeah, and he was lying in the water moaning, and I'm like, oh, get get up, you know, stop being soft, <laughs> you know. And then uh, he sort of deteriorated over the next couple of days to the point where we had to take him down to Cape Cod Hospital when we were down in oh, Cape Cod. Yeah, he's recovering now, and so I'm over in California with my my wife and her family and my uh, my family for the last week of our vacation, and then we're back across and back into it. So it's been really good to have the rejuvenate button um, and uh, yeah, reset. That's good. So, uh, just a local New England guy, actually from manchester new hampshire adam sandler speaking of boating accidents give it a good listen the psychotic legend of uncle donnie you'll have a good laugh (laughs) (laughs) just just give it a listen we'll we'll leave it a classic yeah yeah but thanks for answering my questions yeah Yeah, i was gonna i was gonna ask you you know because before you had mentioned where you were i was gonna say are you in like a mag safe house or something like that it looks like you're like a log cabin or something Hey, you got Walter White vibes house. going right now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I used to call this my West Coast office. It's, uh, we're over <laughs> in Santa, Santa Cruz, uh, California. It's a lovely place. So, yeah. A um, couple more qu- questions that popped to my mind before we get you out of here. 
Um, yeah. If there was a player that the Free Jacks, you know, didn't want to pull the trigger on a, uh, a draft pick, um, but, you know, have gone unsigned, what is the process and what is the timetable for those guys getting signed on? Do they have to wait for a period of time or are teams able to talk to them immediately? You know, that they can, there have sort of been four or five we earmarked uh, and called right away after the draft. Um, and we'd love to have them in the area. We'd love to have them playing club rugby in the area. Obviously, we can't, mm-hmm. unfortunately, fly in and house every player. Um, so for these guys, it's more so, look, we'd love to have you involved in our independence program. We're, we're going to be training through the fall. You'd mm-hmm. be welcome to be involved in that. Um, move if, you, if you're keen and you've graduated, move to Boston, get a job, and have a crack at playing some club rugby, and let's see how you go. So that's sort of the conversation with those players. And I think talking to Mike Rogers a little bit about it, um, it's, it's cool now because there's more and more, as more and more of these domestic players come in from the draft and come into the league, it becomes more and more competitive, which is fantastic. So each year, like, you know, we are just improving our, our stock of domestic players, which is mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, you were mentioning uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, with NOLA. I mean, they had like, I don't know, like something like eight picks or something like that in the draft. Like they really believe in that process. Like he really enjoys it. I mean, you know, you listen to him talk about the draft like it. He's a draft guy. And it's just a different approach. Like the Free Jacks have the most international roster spots, I believe, still to this day um, that they can use on any given match day roster. Does it upset you if like people compare the two and see like, well, the Free Jacks aren't developing enough uh, American talent, which we know is not true. Just look at, you know, Kyle, the Eagle Sequera or um, Cam, you know, does does that like get under your skin a little bit if people say the Free Jacks don't develop American talent or Canadian talent? Well, yeah, Zach Pastor is, is another oh, yeah. one, obviously, yeah, that, came, that came from the draft. Um, no, it doesn't upset me at all. I think there's so many different ways to skin the cat. And uh, like, yeah, Fitzy and New Orleans have had some great stories with Brian Nolt, who's very close to being an eagle. Um, Moni Tongahuia, uh, who came in as a centre. Now he's a caps back rower. Um, uh, who, uh, Andrew Guerra, the back rower, obviously, who very quickly became a, from NDC. Um mm-hmm. Notre Dame College, who quickly became an eagle. So, no, credit to them and, and the work they're doing in developing domestic players. Like, it's been awesome. And it's also a cheaper place to live down in New Orleans as well. So, like, it's easier, a little bit easier for them to get guys down there to, you know, start living relatively inexpensively right after college and to start developing. Um, whereas for us, we probably have to be a little bit more selective. It's more expensive to have guys up in the area. So, that we're nearly under a bit more pressure for them to be ready, you know, now. Mm-hmm. Um so we, we just have to be a bit more selective about the guys that we want to develop. Um, we have 34 contracted players and we sort of have a, around five or six development players. Uh, mm-hmm. So a wider group of 40, 42. And, um, you know, we've also limited with bandwidth and coaches. So we just want to make sure we give all these players a really good experience. Um, and then, you know, if we have a couple of Zach Bastresses in there or Isaac Olsons, we can spend a bit more time with them developing them. Um, but yeah, definitely our evolution now is to to go towards you know d- uh, domestic players um, a little bit more so than we probably have, and you, you obviously see that with Andrew Quatrain coming in, Connor mm-hmm. Keys just trying to shift away a, a little bit and get a couple of the, those mainstay players. Um, but yeah, mate, I think there's just so many ways to do it, and um, I think it's really important that. I like to share ideas with with Ryan and Fitzy and um, the different clubs and and I think it's really great to collaborate. Like if 
if we think that I know that it's easy to be competitive and to try to you know outdo GMs and you know obviously there is that part to it that everyone wants to do but I think at, at this stage of the competition it's, it's probably more important that we collaborate and help each other because um, we're all trying to you know um, work towards the success of the competition more than anything at the moment so excellent yeah. okay I'm gonna limit, my, limit myself to two more questions and then we'll get you out of here I apologize no, you're good um, you're good I'm enjoying <laughs> it excellent um so let's talk about i mean we, you know, we follow the npc around here because we got some i think five jacks in the league uh, down there in the npc that are participating um three with taranaki which is awesome uh taranaki's become my npc team because of that but um we saw stan the man vandenhoven uh have a bad injury coming off the field there uh was the connor keys trade have anything or like a reactionary uh to that and do you know uh stan's medical uh status at this point Yes, Stan, he has had an MRI, hasn't had results back yet. We assume it's probably a pretty good MCL injury. Uh, didn't look like an ACL, but you can never be too sure, touch wood. Um, but no, it was unrelated. Um, we obviously have some good locking stocks at the Free Jacks, but I think as a position, you can never have enough high quality, you know, six foot six locks. Um, particularly domestic eligible. Um, so it was, yeah, unrelated. The opportunity to bring on Connor Keys was just too good to pass up. And and we know through some of our guys that he'll be a great team man for us as well, mm-hmm. uh, which is cool. Um, and what was the second part of the question, mate? Um, uh, don't Stan. even recall, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, Stan. <laughs> it was, it was Stan. I think yeah. you covered it, actually. You were talking about his medical status and was that a reactionary uh, move to get Connor Keys? So I think that was it for that yeah, question. So you're just waiting for a bit more information on Stan. Uh, we're hopeful that he'll be he'll be all right. Same here. We we had him on the show. Fantastic kid. Really enjoyed talking to him. Uh, hate to see that he went down with an injury. You know, it's always a possibility though. You know, if you're playing rugby elsewhere, that, that you're going to get injured. But um, I would love to have him back with the Free Jacks. You know, he had mentioned that he had really loved his experience in the Boston area and told his agent that he did want to come back. So that's you know that's that's really cool that he enjoyed his time with the Free Jacks. Hopefully that can be extended further uh, in future years. But uh, final question here: Kara Cup 2.0. Like preseason is really the next thing that we can really get excited about now that the draft is over. With is there any possibility for a Kara Cup 2.0 at this point? um yes i think so um you're like uh, it's not too far away um island is you know the flight's what eight eight hours direct to dublin isn't it i think something like that yeah maybe nine um so yeah i think it's definitely definitely realistic um and the the issue for us in preseason is always just where do you play the games um and you need to go somewhere warm and i think island's probably a little bit better of a place to play rugby in January, February, although it'd probably be boggy, super boggy. Um, but yeah, we're definitely exploring some preseason options at the moment. Um, do we do we go somewhere warm and play a game or two? Um, do we go and do something really cool as a, as a club uh, and a camp um, together? Uh, so we're just exploring those options at the moment to make sure, making sure it all lines up with with the preseason dates and all those sorts of things. But mate, yeah, I think Curra Cup definitely is... You know, we, we are the closest club um, to Ireland, I guess. Maybe Toronto might be slightly so, but um, yeah, why not? 
It's a six-hour direct flight. Uh, oh, so I looked that up. Really not that bad at all. You know, you watch a couple Adam Sandler movies and you're there, right? So no big deal. Um, I just think that would be a blast. I know people really enjoyed that experience. Uh, you know, obviously the Boston-Irish connection is huge. Um, so I think really people would really enjoy uh, that experience again. You know, obviously where you're going to have it and that sort of stuff. Those questions um, would have to be mulled over and stuff like that. And the weather obviously would not be ideal, but uh, I think people would really enjoy that. It, it's a lot better than just, you know, playing DC. And I, I hate to like jump on DC. Yeah. I, I always do this and I talk bad about them, but you know, some of it is deserved, but um, it's just, it's boring. I don't care. Like actually this would be fun. Like if we played a preseason game against DC and the winner gets to keep the colors because it, it is crazy <laughs> to me that two teams in the same conference have the same color scheme tk like that doesn't make any sense and by the way the free jacks uh, had red white and blue first so you know um i don't care really... that we don't do that My <laughs> is that we do not do that just well i wasn't personally there but that happened to my high school we played the other high school Ooh. in new hampshire the two oldest high schools played each other for the colors and my high school lost Interesting. so yeah yeah not good no we shouldn't what, do that I, I mean both teams have reliable other color schemes that they could go with like burgundy and gold should be what dc actually has right now but for the free jacks you can't go wrong with green i mean we've we've rocked green quick kits before um so just throwing that out there but it's it's high stakes for sure <laughs> any comment on that tk or you just think i'm insane no no i love i love it i <laughs> I, I, I really do love it enjoy the chat immensely um yes and i think it is it is crazy that we have the very similar colors they've got like a weird blue like an ugly like purple blue um it's just Ugh. yes dc oh can i add one more thing for historical context just because sure, we're on the dc thing and we talked about delaware delaware was the uh first state in the that's u.s true. yeah it's true so yeah people for but people forget about them just wanted to throw that out there if anybody <laughs> was i think they call themselves the constitutional state because they were the first one to ratify that's it right. but other than that there's really nothing there's <laughs> other nothing. than that they're completely yeah. irrelevant <laughs> exactly yeah they're close to philadelphia that's really all that they have there, that, yeah that's, that's it literally it <laughs> but anyway yeah uh, appreciate you having you on TK again, seven appearances, I think at this point, it might be eight, but I'm losing track at this point. We appreciate you so much. Um, any final words for the Rangers out there, the free Jacks fans that are uh, going to be intently listening to this or watching this right now or watching it at a later date. I'll just thank, thank you. Thanks again for, for, um, you know, we, I, I truly think we genuinely do have the best fan base and it's, it's uh, largely due to the efforts of guys like yourselves, um, you. Phil and Chris and um, your hard work and continuing to build momentum and, um, you know, um, also uh, just talk, talk about the, the club and the happenings and and yeah, everything. It's, it's awesome. The, the players love it. We love it. Um, it's, it's massively helpful. And um, the rivalries are also fun as well. So, <laughs> Now, thanks for all you do, um, and hopefully we can um, make the off-season pretty exciting for you guys over the next sort of six weeks. Hell yeah. I mean, you know, we're going to yeah. continue moving, storming right along with this thing. Actually, I don't <laughs> think I showed this. Did I show this yet? No. So no. this is Storm Along's. Let me back up a little bit. Jesus. Uh, this is Storm Along's um, Heirloom Variety 4-Pack, guys. I got this in the mail from Storm Along. Can't wait to crack this open. Make sure you get this, uh, you know, buy it online at stormalong.com or see if any retailers near you have this because I'm. it's rare Apple series, guys. Super excited. And it's actually got some rambling jester vibes going on here. Oh, wow. Yeah. Three Jacks participating uh, in that tournament right now. Nice and, uh, name drop. Well done. You worked I, that it in just there came like a to pro. Me. 
Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> Appreciate it. I'm getting better at this thing. We're 52 episodes in, so I'm slightly improving. Yeah. All right. Uh, TK, yeah. thank you very much. I think we got one word to get everybody out of here in three, two, one. Huzzah! Huzzah! Woo! Rangers, tell us how we did. Send us email at jacksrangershow at, at gmail.com. Interact with us on social media. Make sure you're continuing to like and comment on our posts that we do quite frequently here in the off season. Really enjoy talking to all three free jacks that we had on the episode. Look for the next episode in the month of September as we move past the draft and get into the truly the dog days of the off season. Uh, but of course, that doesn't mean that we're going to be stopping here at the Jacks Ranger Show. We continue to ride on with upcoming interviews with players as we ride on towards the preseason, which is several months away at this this point, unfortunately. Hang in there, Rangers, and we will see you on the other side in September. And I've got one word for you. Huzzah!